Hello, I'm glad you're meeting with me again today. Uh, we are continuing on with our book study of Genesis. We are up to chapter 27, and we're going to be talking about Jacob and Esau today, along with their parents, Isaac and Rebekah, and it's an interesting story, so we get right into it and see what the Lord has for us. Starting with chapter 27 and verse 1. It says, And it came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim, so that he could not see, he called Esau his eldest son and said unto him, My son, and he said unto him, Behold, here am I. So we see here that Isaac is basically blind at this point. He's getting old and he's basically blind. And his son is saying, I'm, he's, he's telling him, Here I am. I'm, he's walked in the room. He's letting his dad know that he's he's there. And so uh, this is going to be an important part of uh, the entire verse, knowing that Isaac is having trouble seeing. And I want to encourage you that as you're reading the Bible, to pay a lot of attention to the first and second verses of every chapter, because uh, most of the time, the first couple verses kind of lay out what's going to be happening in the rest of the chapter or they give you some in, important information as to what is going to happen so when you're reading the bible it's important to know that it and that's true really for any book i guess if you're reading a textbook or some other type of no, a novel paying attention to that first line or first paragraph of what's being said usually has a lot to tell you about what's coming and certainly that is true for the Bible. And so as you as you read the Bible, pay a lot of attention. Knowing that Isaac is having trouble with his eyes is going to be so important to what's coming up. So let's re remember what's going on here. Let's look at verse 2. And he said, Behold, now I am old. I know not the day of my death. And I'm going to throw this in here. In what's going to happen even though he's talking, he doesn't know the day of death, it almost sounds like he's going to die right away. Uh, even though it's possible that uh, Isaac lived about another 43 years. So he, it's, it's possible, even though it sounds like he's talking about dying right now, and, and he could have, I suppose, he doesn't die for a while. And so um, just something like Kind of throw in there. I'll read verse 2 again. And he said, Behold, behold, now I am old. I know not the day of my death. And that's true for all of us. We don't know what we're, we're dying, whether it's today or sometime down the road. That's why we have to always know where we stand with God. We want to know that we're ready to go. And verse 3 says, Now therefore take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver and thy bow, and go out to the field and Take me some venison. Remember that Esau, who he's talking to here, who Isaac's talking to, is a hunter. And so Isaac is telling his son Esau, go out and, and hunt me an animal, a game animal, and bring back and make me something to eat that I like. And he says in verse 4, and make me savory meat. Savory meat, just meat, meat that he likes. And he's talking about game meat, like deer meat or something like that. And make me savory meat, such as I love, and bring it to me, that I may eat, 
that my soul may bless thee before I die. The blessing that he's talking about here is the birthright blessing and the other and, and what's called the blessing. It's broken into two categories. There is the birthright blessing, which has to do with spiritual matters. And then there's the blessing, which has to do more with uh, uh, the possessions of the, uh, the wealth. And that's going to be broken into two different things. And so he says here, verse 5, And Rebekah heard when Isaac spake to Esau his son. And Esau went to the field to hunt for venison and to bring it. Now remember, uh, back in chapter 2 ago, when uh, Jacob and Esau were first born, I should say Esau and Jacob, that's the order of the birth, that uh, we are told that Isaac loved Esau a little more and Rebekah loved Jacob a little more. Not that they didn't love the other son, just they seemed to have favorites. And that favoritism seems to be getting worse as time goes on here. We have to be careful not to show favoritism of our children, don't we? Uh, we should love all of our children the same, even if we have favorites. If you do have favorites, you don't want to let your children know that because they should all be equal in your eyes and they should be treated that way because by not treating our children equally, it can cause them to have hurt feelings against us and maybe their siblings, which can cause problems within the family. And we're going to be looking at a family here between uh, Isaac and Rebecca and Esau and Jacob. This is a family that truly does not trust each other, and they are broken apart, and they are struggling. We're going to see this within the, the, the chapter today, that a family that is having lots of problems, and maybe you, you're in a family having lots of problems, and there's only one way out of it. Only one way is, is for you, to, if you're having trouble in your family, is to turn to God. God is the only way out of these problems. And uh, some people think, well, I've prayed and, and I haven't seen God do anything. Just because God, you don't think God has done anything, doesn't, one thing doesn't mean he hasn't. And doesn't, also doesn't mean that we should stop praying. Because when we stop praying, we stop putting our faith in God. And God wants us to keep our faith in him and keep going to him and asking for his help. He will help us. Maybe we're not always looking in the right place for his help. But we need to trust that he has his hand on us and on our family. To place your family before the Lord. Go to the Lord and say, Lord, I need help. Let's keep going so we can read about what's happening in this family. So Rebecca, she, uh, she heard Isaac talking to Esau. Uh, and she, she knows that Isaac is getting ready to uh, give the um, birthright blessing to Esau, but we're going to find she also knows that a little bit later in our text, she also knows that uh, Jacob has bought the birthright from Esau. If you'll remember earlier, he, he bought it for a bowl of stew or pottage. And it's shocking that Esau would sell his blessing. I think Esau did not care too much about the spiritual part of the blessing. He was more concerned with the possessions of the blessing and that's what he figured he was still going to get but actually 
by selling his birthright, he gave up both parts of the of the blessing and the birthright. So verse six says, And Rebekah spake to Jacob her son, saying, Behold, I heard thy father speak unto Esau thy brother, saying, So she went right to her son Jacob and says, Hey, you know what's happening today? He's getting ready to give the birthright blessing. Uh, so she says, Bring me venison and make me savory meat that I may eat and bless thee before the Lord before my death. She's saying what Isaac told to Esau. In verse 8 says, Now therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command thee. So uh, Rebekah is telling Jacob, Do what I tell you to do. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you trick your father into uh, giving you the blessing. Just do what I say. It actually sounds a lot like a mother. I don't mean in a bad way there. It almost sounded bad. It, it sounded like a mother just giving her son, you know, instructions. I didn't mean it in a bad way. Mothers are wonderful. Uh, verse 9. Now go to the flock and fetch me from thence two kids of the goats, and I will make them savory meat for thy father, such as he loveth. So um, we see that Rebecca is gonna is going to help her son Jacob um, by making some meat for the father, make it look like game meat or taste like game meat, because he can't see it anyway. He can only taste it. And verse 10 says, And thou shalt bring it to thy father, and he may eat, and that he may bless thee before his death. So we see that she's saying, you know, we want you to get this birthright blessing and the blessing, and so I'm going to help you receive that. And uh, what should have happened here is uh, Rebecca should have been with her husband, and helping him, he couldn't see. She should have been helping him know what's going on. But she was had clearly turned against Isaac in this way. And she was helping one son over the other. So she had selectively decided that Jacob, it looks like, you know, she knew that what prophecy God had given her concerning uh, the young men over in uh, Genesis 25 and uh, and 23, it says, And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other, and the elders shall serve the younger. You know, she didn't, it looks like she is trying to help God fulfill the prophecy of these two young men of the elder serving the younger. But God didn't need Rebecca's help in doing this. She should have put her faith in God, that God will take care of himself, that God knows what is coming. You know, God can know what's coming without intervening in these things. And God already knew what would happen. She should have kept her nose out of this. Instead, she jumped in here and thought, I'm going to help God. Uh, fulfill this prophecy that's coming of the two men where the elder serving the younger and there was no reason for that we don't need to help God I said it before I'm, I guess I'll say it again we need to let God be God because God doesn't need our help 
That, that is completely true. God doesn't need our help, and neither does he want our help. He wants us to serve him, give him praise and glory. That's why we're here. So let's keep going. Verse 11, And Jacob said to Rebekah his mother, Behold, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. We knew this when they were first born, that Esau came out all uh, red and hairy, and that Jacob came out non-hairy, smooth. And verse 12 says, My father, peradventure, or the peradventures means perhaps, my father, peradventure, will feel me, and I shall seem to him as a deceiver, and I shall bring a curse upon me and not a blessing. So he's saying, hey, I'm not going to get the blessing if my father knows that it's me instead of Esau, because he knows Esau is the elder and has right to the to the blessing. And so at this this point, we know we know that Isaac doesn't know that Jacob bought the birthright blessing, and uh, I'm sure Isaac wouldn't have been happy with that, or he might not have even uh, even said, "I'm not going to do that." The birthright goes to Esau. I like how uh, Isaac says, he says, I shall seem to him as a deceiver. And he, yes, he will, he would seem to him as a deceiver if he figured it out because he is a deceiver. He's lying to his father. What's going to come up? He's going to be lying to his father. And unfortunately, his mother, Rebecca, is helping him. And verse 13 says, And his mother said unto him, Upon me be thy curse, my son. So Rebecca was not concerned about Isaac giving him a curse instead of a blessing. And I, I think, unfortunately, a lot of people in the world are not concerned with God giving them punishment. They think God just would never punish them. But it's not that God will punish them. It's that they will end up punishing them themselves, you know. When we die not knowing God, we go into eternal punishment. The Bible says, first we will go into a place of torment, and then we'll be put into a place called the lake of fire, where there will be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth, according to Jesus himself. Weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. It, and it's because we didn't put our faith in the Lord to save us from our sins. All we have to do is say, Lord, Forgive me of my sins, and then don't go out and sin anymore. You can't continue in your sin if once you've asked the Lord to forgive you of your sins. Otherwise, you're a sinner. And uh, But I think a lot of people think, well, God would never do that to me. God would never have me go to a place like that. God doesn't want you to. He, he absolutely does not want you to. To go to a place of torment, he wants you to live with him forever. And he's preparing a place for you if you will just accept him as your Savior. But here we will go again. Um, Rebecca says, Upon me be thy curse, my son. She had no worry about it. She she just said, Okay, I no, no concern. And then it goes on in verse 13, says, Only obey my voice and go fetch me then them uh, so she's again she says obey my voice she she is actually pushing jacob to go do this it's not that jacob wasn't going to do it 
He probably was. But Rebecca is urging him, obey my voice. This is the second time she's told him, obey my voice. Had she told him not to do this, and if she had changed her voice and said, Jacob, don't do this evil thing that you have planned in stealing the birthright. God would still have, God's words are, were already said it was going to be the elder was going to serve the younger. It would still be. You can't get around uh, God fulfilling his word. But, you know, here we are, Rebecca trying to help him fulfill it. She should have told her son, obey my voice and don't do this thing. And I believe he would have obeyed his mother. He seems to really love her and they seem to have a relationship. But the the, the family is uh, definitely uh, scattered apart. They're torn apart. We can see what's happening here. And verse 14 says, And he went and fetched and brought them to his mother. He went and got the animals. And his mother made savory meat, such as his father loved. So she obviously knew what he loved because they've been married a good long time and she's probably been cooking for him every day. So she knows what Isaac likes. And so she made, probably made his favorite food for him. And 15 says, And Rebekah took goodly raiment of her eldest son Esau, <clears throat> which were with her in the house, probably the laundry, and put them upon Jacob, her younger son. Uh, I'm not saying the laundry was on her because the laundry's her job, but I'm saying in that day that we're talking about, uh, the wives quite often did the laundry and the cooking. And, and not that it was her job, but in, probably in this day, it might have been her job. Uh, and so we don't want to put something on her that wasn't hers, but it probably was hers right now. That's probably why she had some of her son's uh, laundry. And so it says, which were with her in the house and put them upon Jacob, her younger son. She put some of Esau's clothes onto Jacob so that uh, Jacob was starting to feel and smell like Esau. And 16, she put the skins of the kids. I mean, let me read the whole verse to you first. And she put the skins of the kids of the goats upon his hands and upon the smooth of his neck. And so those uh, those two goats that Jacob went and killed, she took part of the skins of the goats and put them onto to, uh, Jacob so that he would feel like a hairy man when Isaac felt him. Because remember, he's blind. So they're, they're working up a trick here, trying to get him to believe that Jacob is Esau. And 17 says, And she gave the savory meat to and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. So she's saying, Here, here, son, take it in with you. 18 says, And he came unto his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I. Who art thou, my son? Because remember, Isaac is waiting for Esau. And so, he knows how their voices sound, but he's wondering, hey, who is this? Uh, but, you know, he, he, the one he was expecting didn't show up. And Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn. So he's, 
now continuing the lie. He prepared the lie. Him and his mother prepared the lie. You know, years ago when he bought that birthright, he probably started plant started planning this. And so now the lie is continuing on. And, and there he says to his father, I'm Esau. He says, I have done according as thou badest me. Uh, over, you know, Rebecca overheard what he told Esau to do. He says, Arise, I pray thee, sit and eat my venison, that thy soul may bless me. Now, when he says bless me, he, he's probably, he is referring to the birthright and to the blessing. He, but mostly, Jacob is probably concerned with the possessions, but he also wants the birthright. And so uh, he, wants, he wants to get both. And um, he, he, he's very interested in receiving the blessing, you know, he, he wants to get that done because that's why he's done this whole ruse. Verse 20 says, And Isaac said unto his son, How is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? <clears throat> he wants to know how Esau went out and found an animal to hunt down and kill it and get it cooked so quickly because it takes time to go out hunting. You're not always successful the first day. And he said, because the Lord thy God brought it to me. Now, isn't that interesting? He says that the Lord had brought it to him quickly. So now, he's not only lying to his father, but he is invoking the Lord God into the lie. He's saying God helped him when God hath not helped him. Now, that's interesting for us to see. He, he wants... He wants to justify his lie by saying God has helped him. He believes that his father will start to buy the lie more by using God's name in the lie. And do we do the same thing? Do we say that God is helping us when God we know good and well God is not helping us? Or do we use the Lord's name in vain in things that we are saying, trying to make a point? The Lord get, has his name used in vain so often. We shouldn't use... God's name out of character of who he is. We should use his name when we are talking about him in respect and when we are using his name in worship. We should never tell jokes about God or use his name in a curse or in a cursing way. God doesn't want his name used that way. His name should be used appropriately and respectfully. And I will say what Jacob has done here is not using God's name respectfully. He is using it as part of his lie. Verse 21 says, And Isaac said unto Jacob, Come near, I pray thee, that I may feel thee, my son, whether thou be my very son Esau or not. So already we see that Esau, we see that to Isaac is suspicious. He's definitely suspicious of something that's going on. And he wants to know, that. come over here, let me feel you. Just like they, uh, Rebecca and Jack, Jacob made the plan to put those skins on him and put the wrong clothes on him because they knew that uh, Isaac was going to be checking out. Even though he couldn't see, he wanted to feel him. And, do you, you know, 
the enemy's going to try to bring a lot of tricks our way. That, that's what his job is. He wants to trick us and get us to fall away from the Lord. And we don't have to fall to the enemy's tricks. He, we, we don't have to be fooled by him. We should, when we see things coming up that the enemy wants to throw our way, we should just back away from that and go to the Lord. You know, if you're hanging out with your friends someday, and they say, hey, you know, we don't usually go to the bar, but I think we'll all go to the bar this evening. And they'll put some pressure on you, saying, hey, let's, let's all go. The enemy is trying to lay a trap for you right there, trying to put some pressure on you to get you to go to a bar when you have no business in the bar. There's nothing good there for you. Just trouble laying in wait for you. He wants you to go and be in a place where you have no business. But because all your friends are going, he wants you to go. That's the, It's a trap that the enemy's going to try and lay for you. And he's just waiting to see if you can get out of it. Are you strong enough in the Lord to say, No, I don't think I'll go there. I think, guess I'll just go home. We have to love the Lord enough. And we have to be strong enough spiritually not not to fall into these traps of the enemy because the enemy is going to continue to lay traps. And don't allow him to push you into doing things that you know that you shouldn't do because serving the Lord and our eternal, eternal life with the Lord is more important than anything we could ever do with our friends here in this world. And there's so many more traps that the enemy can lay for us. And we'll be talking about those. Let me see where we're at here. Verse 22. And Jacob went near unto Isaac his father. And he felt him and said. The voice is Jacob's voice. And I want you to notice. Isaac recognized the voice. He said hey that is Jacob's voice. Then he goes on and he says. But the hands are the hands of Esau. So the, the, they got the trap. They couldn't really do much about his voice because he didn't sound like Esau and he wasn't a ventriloquist to change his voice. But he thought, you know, as long as my father can feel me, I feel like Esau, I'll get him to believe me because he won't believe that I will lie to him. Yeah, that's an, that's an interesting point. They've got the trap laid here. They're, they're implementing the trap. Let's see what happens. Verse 23. And he discerned him not. Discerned him not. Uh, so to discern means to recognize or to perceive. So, you know, are we living spiritually blind? Are you living your life so that you refuse to acknowledge the tricks the enemy is putting in your path? You notice that the voice is wrong doesn't sound like God, but you still claim it is the voice of the Lord instead of acknowledging that the enemy is trying to trick you. You know, like my example I use about your friends going to the bar and trying to get you to go with them. You might say, well, maybe the Lord wants me to go with my friends so I can help them stay out of trouble. That that's just a, another lie the enemy's throwing at you. God doesn't want you to be in a place that he doesn't want you to be. He wants you to stand up strong and 
Keep serving him. Don't put yourself in the way of temptation. The bar holds multiple traps, not just the alcohol, but it holds multiple other traps for you. Don't lie to yourself about where you stand with God. Don't let the enemy lie to you. Don't, don't let yourself fall into sin over nothing. Don't live spiritually blind, but open your spiritual eyes and see what the enemy is trying to do to you. You don't have to live spiritually blind. People choose to live spiritually blind. Isaac was blind because of age, not because he chose to be, be blind, but he was being partially spiritually blind in that he wasn't noticing, he wasn't perceiving that something's wrong here. He knew, he could tell something was wrong because he said, hey, this person sounds like Jacob, but he feels like Esau. He should have said to himself, why is that so? He should have said, why is that so? And we need to say that to ourselves too. Why is it so? That it sounds like God, but it, it, at the same time, God wouldn't be saying these things to me. The enemy is laying a trap for you. Let's continue on with our story. In 23, and he discerned him not because his hands were hairy. As his brother Esau's hands, so he blessed him. And 24 says, And he said, Art thou my very son Esau? Isn't that interesting? So he's, he's still questioning. He's still unsure. Even after feeling him, he was unsure. He said, Well, he feels hairy, but it sounds like my other son. He should have discerned, even though I can't tell, he said, he should have called his wife and said, who is this standing before me? Even though she would have probably lied to him because she's in on the lie. He should have tried to verify more. And that's what we need to do. We need to verify, is this really the Lord? Does the Lord really want me doing this thing? And we need to be honest about listening to God and, and be honest in so that God can talk to us and tell us what's right and what's wrong. He wants to direct us. We're told to walk in the Spirit. I know that sounds like a fantasy, doesn't it? Walking in the Spirit. But that's what the Bible tells us. Walking in the Spirit is being guided by the Spirit of God so that we will go the right places. And when we try to go to the wrong place, He will convict us and tell us, no, don't go there. You have no business in there. You have no business in that bar. Stay away from it. But sometimes we push the Spirit of God's voice away from us, don't we? But that's not what we should do. We should listen to that still, small, convicting voice. Because he's not going to make us not go in that place. But he will try to tell us to stay away. So he said, Art thou my very son Esau? And he said, Jacob, he, Jacob said, I am. So Jacob is continuing the lie. And his father asked him very directly, he said, Art thou my very son Esau? Uh, saints, we don't want to get into this place. Jacob's been planning this for a long time, and probably his mother also. They were waiting for this day to show up, but it's here. Verse 25 says, And he said, Bring it near to me, and I will eat of my son's venison, that my soul may bless thee. 
and he brought it near to him, and he did eat, and he brought him wine, and he did drink. And his father, in 26, and his father Isaac said unto him, Come near now and kiss me, my son. Now there's a reason he's bringing him close to him. We'll get here in 27. He says, And he came near and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his raiment, and, and blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field which the Lord hath blessed. He was wearing Esau's clothes, so he smelled just like him. You know, we, we talk about a wolf in sheep's clothing. And right now, what we have is Jacob being a wolf to steal that which was not his. And uh, unfortunately, he's, he's getting by with it. And so Isaac is starting to buy into what's happening. But he's still checking out Jacob. He wants to know, are you Esau? He's not convinced yet. 28 says, Therefore God give thee of the dew of the heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of corn and wine. So what we see here is uh, we are seeing that uh, Isaac is giving Jacob the birthright and the blessing here. And he says, Therefore God give thee of the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of corn and wine. Let people serve thee and nations bow down to thee. Be Lord over thy brethren and let thy mother's son bow down to thee. Cursed be every one that curseth thee and blessed be he that blesseth thee. Now if you'll notice, I'm sure if you've been paying attention, you'll notice that this has elements that sound very similar to Genesis 12, 1 to 3, when God uh, gave the promise to Abraham. This has elements in the air of that. And by Jacob receiving this blessing, it's going to put him over the family and make him also able to pass down the blessing and the, the covenant down to the rest of the family. And so uh, he, he is receiving that which Esau should have had. But Esau, because that Esau despised his birthright over nothing, just a, a bowl of stew that he said, I'm about to die if I don't eat, you know, which was, was not true. He was lying to himself and lying to Jacob when he said it because he wanted to eat so badly that he was willing to lie about it. This is a family lying to each other that he sold his birthright. And are we selling our birthright to be Christians for nothing? You know, if we live with the Lord for eternity, we don't know all the Lord has planned for us as we live in, with him for all eternity. That's really, it's something our minds can really not grasp. We have no idea what all is planned in an eternity. Eternity is outside of time. And so we don't know all God will have for us. But we're not just going to be sitting on a cloud doing nothing. God has things planned for us. And don't you want to spend eternity in the presence of God? And yet so many people are selling their birthright 
because they want something here in the world. They want to go down and they want to drink with their, their buddies at the bar. They want to go chasing around women and sleeping with women they sh they're not married with. They want to go out and do all kinds of drugs. They want to do all kinds of things in the world that is not pleasing to God because they're putting these things above God. They think that the Christian is the one held in a trap when the whole time they are the ones held in a trap because they have put God down below the things of this world. They are selling their birthright. God wants them to have it. He has paid a way for them to have it. But they refuse to accept him. I really feel bad for them. Let's keep going. So we see now that um, Jacob is receiving uh, the um, birthright and the blessing automatically comes with the birthright, which uh, he will receive uh, a double blessing, double portion, I should say, of everything and get the double portion of what Esau would get. Yeah, Esau will receive a blessing uh, when his father is gone, but he but Jacob gets a double portion. And verse 30 says, And it came to pass as soon as Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob. And Jacob was yet scarce gone out from the presence of Isaac. So he had just left. He had just got the blessing. He's happy. So his trick worked. He got all that he wanted, what he'd been planning for many years. He got it all worked out. Uh, he says uh, that Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. So he'd come back as his father had asked him and got some meat for him. He cooked some meat for his father and he came in to give it to him. So Isaac had, uh, Jacob, I mean, had just barely beat Esau to receiving this birthright. And he also had made savory meat and brought it unto his father and said unto his father, Let my father arise. This sounds similar to what uh, Jacob said. And eat of his son's venison, that thy soul may bless me. What we're going getting ready to read is so sad. It, it, it Really, the sadness started when he sold his birthright, when Esau sold his birthright. That's where the real sadness came uh, for the reader, even though we may not have recognized it. That's where the sadness is going to be because he didn't care about his birthright at all. And now he is going to care about his birthright. He wants it real bad. And we're going to see a broken man. And we're already seeing a broken family that only God can repair. And so verse 32 says, And Isaac his father said unto him, Who art thou? Because, remember, he's blind. And he said, I am thy son, thy firstborn, Esau. Esau is telling, hey, I, I'm the one to, to get the birthright. I'm here for it, Matt, Dad. And 33 says, And Isaac, Isaac trembled very exceedingly and said, Who? So he's worried now. He said, oh no, you know, what's going on? I've already given it away. Where is he that hath taken venison and brought it to me? And I have eaten of all before thou camest and have blessed him. 
He had already blessed him. Ye, and listen to this last line. He says, and he shall be blessed. Now, Isaac could, could bless him all he wanted. Unless God honored the blessing, it wouldn't mean nothing, right? Because we have no power within ourselves. But Jacob would will be blessed of God because not because he's so much he stole the birthright. It's really not because of that. It's really because Esau despised his birthright. He, had he not despised his birthright, then uh, he would have received his birthright from Isaac. And because he despised it, he threw it away. And so, uh, let me read that last part again. He says, I have eaten of all before thou camest, and have blessed him. Yea, and it's such a powerful statement. Yea, and he shall be blessed. It's going, it is as it stands. And then he says in 34, And when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with a, a great and exceeding bitter cry, and said unto his father, Bless me, even me also, O my father. Listen to Esau here, how broken he is. He, he's starting to recognize how important this birthright really is. The birthright that he thought wasn't important at all uh, when Jacob sold it to him for a simple bowl of, of stew. When he thought it was nothing. Now, a little later, years later, he, he understands how important it is to receive this from his father. Let me tell you, saints, we may not think salvation of our soul is very important right now. Maybe you're a young person and you don't think it's that important and you want to, you, you know, there's a song called Plenty of Time. And it, and it talks about how we always think we have plenty of time to serve the Lord when we get older. Always going to be more time. We don't know how much time we have in this world. We might have... Uh, an hour, and we might have 40, 50 years. We don't know how long we have, but uh, we don't ever, we should never throw away the precious gift that's being offered to us. The Lord is offering to save us from our sins. And so many people think, I want to run around with my friends. I want to do all these things. But it isn't worth it. We're, we're throwing away the most precious thing. We're throwing away eternity with God, the creator. Why would we do that? Because we've, we've made a, a false God out of the things of this world. This world isn't worth it. There's, there's a scripture that says, Heaven and earth shall pass away. But my word shall never pass away. Uh, I, I had to paraphrase that, so I might have misquoted it just a little bit. But that, that, that's the basic of what it says. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass. My word shall not pass away. Over in Matthew 24 and 35, 
This world is going to pass away one day. The Lord is going to do away with this world. He's going to burn it up by fire. Maybe, you, maybe you've never heard that before. But that's what the, the Bible tells us. That this world we're living in, in, one day God is going to get rid of this world by fire. And he's going to create a new world for us to live on. A brand new place. It hasn't been touched by sin. Let me read it to you one more time. Matthew 24, 35. Heaven and earth shall pass away. This place that we are in right here. But my words shall not pass away. All the things that we think are so much fun in this world. That's all going away. Only God is going to stay forever. I want to be where he is. I want to be with him. He's the most important thing in our lives. And look, let me read to you again what Esau says here. And listen to the brokenness in this man. Bless me, even me also, my oh, my father. And 35 says, and he said, Thy brother came with subtlety or with trickery and hath taken away thy blessing. What terrible words to have to hear. He's taken away thy blessing. You know, one day we're going to stand before God and he's going to open up the Bible and he's going to measure our life up. And see how we measure up according to the Bible. And so I think a lot of people don't believe that's going to happen. But one day, everyone that has ever lived is going to stand before God. And he's going to open up the books. And if, if our life measures up to the books, he'll say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. That's what I want to hear. And that's what I know I'm going to hear because I'm right with God. But those that have not given their life to the Lord, those that have chosen the things of this world, God is going to say that then it's going to be a sad time. Very sad time. He's going to say, Depart from me, ye worker of iniquity. Iniquity is just a, it's a, it's a greater uh, word to say sin. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I don't want to hear that from the Lord. I want him to tell me to enter into the joys of the Lord. And you know, I'm not afraid to stand before the Lord. I know where I stand with God. You don't have to be afraid to, to know where you stand with God either. If you don't know God, Ask him right now to forgive you of your sins and turn away from your sin and don't commit it anymore. And the Lord will help you. I'm not saying it's an easy walk. It's a tough walk. It, it, you know, the enemy will come after you. He'll try to trick you, but God will help you. If maybe you knew the Lord uh, before, but you've walked away, turn back to him right now. Let the Lord know that he, he wants, he, let the Lord know that you want to serve him. And even if you know the Lord right now, give him praise and glory for saving you from your sins. Let me keep going here. Thy brother came with subtlety and hath taken away thy blessing. 36. And he said, 
Is not he rightly named Jacob? It's a good question because his name means, you know, like trickster. For he has supplanted. He has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright. And behold, now he hath taken away my blessing. Took both. Took the bless, the birthright and the blessing. And he said, Hast thou not reserved a blessing for me? What a sad statement. Let's, let's read it again. Hast thou not reserved a blessing for me? Wow. What a terrible thing to have to hear as a, as a father. I would hate to have to hear that from one of my kids. Have you not reserved a blessing for me, Dad? I would, I would never want to say no. I'd want to say, of course, I have a blessing for you. Let me pray for you right now. And 37 says, And Isaac answered and said unto Esau, Behold, I have made him thy Lord, and all his brethren have I given to him for servants. And with corn and wine have I sustained him. And what shall I do now unto thee, my son? I've given to your brother and double portion. 38. And Esau said unto his father, Hast thou but one blessing, my father? Again, I, I keep going back, but I want to read it again. Let's read what Esau said again. It, it's just heartbreaking. He's, I can see him now. Hast thou but one blessing for me, my father? Bless me. He's, he's begging his father to, for a blessing. Love me. Bless me. Give me what should have been mine. The day is coming, saints. We're going to stand before God. And we're going to be so sorry. The scripture tells us that whether you serve God or not, that one day every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. There are, there are many, many people that don't believe that statement. They say, I will never say it. I don't believe in a God. I don't believe that Jesus is, is God over me. But they can say it. They can live their life that way if they want to. But according to the scripture, every knee will bow. And every tongue is going to confess that he is Lord, even if you're not serving him. The day is coming when we will all recognize who Jesus truly is. He came the first time as a baby and died on the cross to pay the price for all of our sins. But he's not coming back as a baby again. He's coming back as a conquering king. Coming back as a judge. He's going to stand before us all. And we are going to acknowledge him as King and Lord and Savior. He says, Hast thou but one blessing, my Father? Bless me, even me also, my Father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. This is a broken man, completely broken. 39 says, and, and, and Isaac, his father, answered and said unto him, Behold, 
Thy dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth and of the dew of the heaven from above. So what we see here is that uh, Isaac is giving Esau a limited blessing. It almost sounds like a curse, but it is, it is a limited blessing. He's trying to give something, something to Esau. He, he just, I'm sure he's broken as a father. And he doesn't like the fact that he was tricked by his son Jacob. Let me read 39 again. And Isaac his father answered and said unto him, Behold, thy dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth. You're going to live off the earth and of the dew of heaven from above. 40. And by thy sword shalt thou live and shalt serve thy brother. And it shall come to pass when thou shalt have the dominion that thou shalt break his yoke from off thy neck. So while he's going to serve his brother Jacob, there's coming a day where he won't always serve Jacob. There, there's blessing in there. Verse 41 says, And Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. Uh, we're talking about two brothers hating each other. And Esau said in his heart, The days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then will I slay my brother Jacob. So it sounds like he's expecting his father to die. And maybe maybe he was. His father wasn't a young man. But as I said at the beginning, it is, it's possible that he lived up to 43 more years. But here we see Esau pl plotting revenge against his brother uh, the lord said vengeance or revenge is mine saith the lord we we do not seek revenge for ourselves that's not right and he is plotting murder against his own brother and it, we are not allowed to commit murder but he is so angry and so he says in 42, And these words of Esau, her elder son, were told to Rebekah. So Rebekah heard that Esau was planning to kill Jacob. And it says, And she sent and called Jacob her younger son, and said unto him, Behold, thy brother Esau, as touching thee, doth comfort himself, purposing to kill thee. He was comforting himself. He was so angry. It made him feel a little better to say, I'm going to kill my brother Jacob for stealing from me. But he didn't really steal from him. If you remember, Esau sold his birthright to Jacob. By selling the birthright, he also forfeited the blessing. So he gave it all up himself. He didn't love it enough that he just, let me have some of your stew, brother. I'm hungry. I'm so hungry I'm going to die, he said. That's how important the birthright was to him at the time. But he wasn't thinking that. He figured, oh no, my brother can just give me the stew, which he probably should have done. But he didn't do that. They made an agreement and he sold it. And then Jacob went in and tricked his father and, and received the birthright. So 43 says, now therefore my son, now here we say here we hear Rebecca saying this again. She says, 
obey my voice. Telling her son, obey me and arise and flee thou to Laban, my brother, to Haran. So uh, she's saying, you got to go back where I came from, back to where my brother is. And you got to hide out for a while and until your brother calms down. 44 says, and tarry with him a few days until thy brother's fury is turned away. Brother's fury turn away. And uh, so she, it was going to take him, you know, quite a while just to get to Laban up in Haran. That was quite a, quite a way, quite a ways, quite a trip. And so he doesn't end up staying there. We're going to read uh, on another of our lessons that he doesn't stay there a few days, but I believe he's, it, it is that he stays there over 20 years. And gives uh, her his brother plenty of time to calm down. And so 45 says, Until thy brother's anger turn away from me, and he forget that that which thou hast done to him, he's not going to forget, then I will send and fetch thee from thence. Why should I be deprived also of you both in one day? And in she figured they'd kill each other. Isn't that a terrible thing? And uh, Rebecca can blame herself for this also. She could have stopped this whole thing, or she could have tried to stop it. She could have went in and told Isaac what was going on so that he wouldn't give the blessing to the wrong son. But she didn't do it. She's as much as being culpable as anyone in, in, the, in this mess, and this family is in a mess and needs to turn back to God and seek his guidance. And 46 says, and Rebekah said to Isaac, I am weary of my life because of the daughters of Heth. If Jacob take a wife of the daughters of Heth, such as these which are of the daughters of the land, what good shall my life do to me? Remember the daughters of Heth, that's who Esau married. And so these, these, daughters, of the, these daughters of Heth or the Canaanite daughters were causing... Uh, Jake, uh, Isaac, and we said that right. Isaac and Rebecca problems, and uh, they. If you remember back in the end of chapter twenty six, it says about those two women that Esau married. It says which were a grief of mind unto Isaac and Rebecca. So they're causing Isaac and Rebecca some trouble, and so as. Uh, Rebecca sends Jacob away. She figures she's going to see him again in, you know, probably a few months. But it is likely that she never sees uh, Jacob again in her lifetime. What a terrible thing. And we're, we just read a story about a family that was torn apart by deceit, by turning away from the ways of God, by trickery. We need to not allow these things to happen in our life, in our family. If your family's struggling, turn back to God. Even if nobody else in your family will turn to God, turn and ask God for help. God will help you. Help Turn your own life around and watch what happens. It won't be easy, but God will help you and he'll be with you. It's, we're at the end of our study for today. I hope you meet with me tomorrow as we start on chapter 28.